You know, exactly. I'm 101 years old and the mind is 101 years old. Exactly. Which is why we're all so impressed. We want to have you. Homeschool Expert is here to equip you to homeschool confidently with help from the experts. You can do this and we are here to help. Visit homeschoolexpert.com for video and print resources. Helping you homeschool confidently is our host, Ann Crossman, and her guest expert for today's special broadcast. Hi, friend, and welcome to Homeschool Expert. Today is going to be a really special conversation. I actually have three guests joining me in my studio and an honored guest coming to us over the wire so that we can talk today about time. Our special guest is Miss Theo, who this Saturday is celebrating her 101st birthday and was kind enough to join us. Not only has Miss Theo seen a side of American history that a few of us were ever able to observe ourselves, one of her notable memories is living through the attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7th in 1941. Over this past year, my kids and I have been studying the Civil War through the present era, and we are currently learning about World War II. When we heard about Miss Theo's connection to Pearl Harbor, the kids became really excited, and we wanted to talk to her over a Zoom call. As I started setting that up, though, I realized how incredible it would it be to share Miss Theo's legacy with our podcast friends. So here we all are. Miss Theo, thank you so much for making time to talk to us today. Well, I'll try to remember as much as I can at 101 <laughs> years old. <clears throat> I know you're going to do great. So just for fun, so that our friend listening knows who we are, let's go around and introduce ourselves so you can say your first name, how old you are, and your favorite ice cream. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm Theo. I'm 101. I was born in 1921. Favorite ice cream? Do you Vanilla. eat ice cream? Vanilla. <laughs> Great. Okay. Kiddos, how about you? Hello, my name is Evangeline. I am nine years old. And my favorite ice cream is salted caramel, probably, cool. and birthday cake. <laughs> Hello, my name is Evelyn. I'm 11 years old. And my favorite ice cream is caramel apple. And I'm Isaiah. I'm 14 years old, and my favorite is cotton candy. And I'm Anne, and I'm 44 years old, and I like pistachio. It's hard to find, <laughs> but I think it's delicious. <laughs> so, all right. So, Miss Theo, you were born years I was, or you would, but Danella would sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I know ice cream at all, and you can talk about that later too. Why ice cream is so special, and how often you got it as a kid, because it's it's very different now. Um, but Miss Theo, I've heard a little about your story indirectly. I'd love to hear more about it though from you, and the kids then want to ask you some questions. So could you start us off by telling us what were you doing in Pearl Harbor and how long had you been there before it was attacked? Well, I wasn't at Pearl Harbor. I was at Hickam Air Force Base, which is next door to Pearl Harbor. Correct. And I had gone over to visit three nurse friends. I was illegal. I shouldn't have been there. This has been Hawaii was a territory, not a state. And uh, so on Pearl Harbor Day, they thought I was a nurse and they tried to make a nurse out of me, which they couldn't do. <laughs> and uh, I ended up uh, helping put tags on people laying on stretchers because mm -hmm. uh, they gave me a white one, a blue one, and a red one. The red one, they're dead. 
Mm. The blue when they needed an operation and the white when they were okay. Wow. And were you the one triaging them so that you could decide what? if they needed, were you the person who decided if they needed an operation or not, or was someone you bet, and that And that didn't help anybody that was laying on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then I, I couldn't get back to the States because I, I was, I was actually there visiting nurses that I shouldn't have been. So I had to, I got a place in town and then I didn't get back for four years or better, four and a half years. Four years you were, you were in. I, I had to have a job. I had $100 with me, <clears throat> which was not very much even in those days. And so I went to work and I got a job and a, um, for the seventh air force not not the air force there is today that's the american air force this was the seventh there was a seventh air force and an eighth air force the eighth air force was europe seventh air force was the pacific and i was a combat supplier i made up combat for 10 days 20 days 30 days and supposedly after 60 days they were supposed to have taken the islands which they didn't do but mm-hmm. that's was my job was to get combat supplies to the nearest base i and see and i mean i wasn't the only one there was a thousand of us <laughs> <laughs> right so when you first went to hawaii then you weren't working for the military at that time no i was friends? i had saved my money and gone over to visit these friends of mine and i had a ticket back which, by the way, I never used <laughs> on a, on a Mad- old Madison liner, and uh, uh, so I, I and I had no rights to come home with the people that were there. So I see. All right. So Evangeline has a question for you here. Then go for it, Evangeline. What did Pearl Harbor Day sound like when it was being attacked, and what did it smell? Yeah. What she? What she? So said. I'll try that again. So what? Evangeline's question is, what did Pearl Harbor Day sound like when it was being attacked? And what did you smell and feel? Well, you smell smoke and everything. When it was being attacked, I I guess they were MPs. I have no idea who it was that came and got us. But somebody was holding a garbage can lid over their head, but it wasn't, I guess. But it looked like it to me. And it was the planes were very low, coming in very low. You could even see the pilots. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were dropping bombs. They were interested in ours out on the coming out of the houses and the places where we had stayed. They they were more interested in getting the bombs where they wanted. And there was a, a hospital ship there. There was a uh, uh, right over the hill from where they bombed us was all our gasoline. They didn't get that. So we were lucky in the sense of the word that we didn't get as bad as we could have gotten. Yeah. Because there was a very focused attack on military, not civilians. It was for military, and the ships were the important. And all our carriers were out. Our right. three carriers were out. So they got battleships. But the, as I said, there was a hospital ship, and they didn't even touch the yards where we repaired ships. And our gasoline was over the hill. We still had gasoline. That's if they'd great. had one ship loaded with Troops, they could have taken us. They could have taken the island easy because there were so many people there that weren't faithful to the United States. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that must have been incredible. Okay, Isaiah has a question for you then. 
Yeah, it's really interesting. So what is something only people who are at Pearl Harbor Day might remember about it? Well, I guess just the confusion and everything. It was lots of confusion. And and uh, we were all, of course, thought maybe we would be invaded. And I, I, I wouldn't know what anybody else was thinking. I would say I was thinking I'm I'm not going to get home right away. <laughs> yeah. Did you think you were going to survive it, Miss Theo? You know that I, I somebody else asked me that, and you know I don't think that thought ever went through my mind. I was just wanting to get out of the way of the bombs and <laughs> get someplace safe. That makes sense. I, the thought never went through my mind that I might not get home. I mean, I, I think some, that's I incredible. For being twenty-one years old, yeah, I just think it's incredible. You could see the pilots through their cockpits as they were flying. Oh, over. you could that's- see. You could. You could see the pilot. I, I mean, because they were coming down so low, they they could care less. They they were interested in the ships that was in Pearl Harbor. Okay, Evelyn has a question for you. How close were you to the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and how old were you? Well, Pearl Harbor was on December seventh. I was twenty years old. I would have been twenty one in January, which I turned twenty one, and. Uh, I was right next door. I was not at Pearl Harbor, but right next door, which is Hickam Air Force Base. So pretty close then. Very good. All right. And so Evangeline has a question. Go for it, Evangeline. What was one of the hardest things for you after Pearl Harbor was attacked? What'd she say? What was, what was one of the hardest things for you after Pearl Harbor was attacked? Well, trying to get a job and stay alive. <laughs> um after Pearl Harbor was attacked, and then we, if they'd come through Midway, we would have probably, they would have had a base there. The way it was, um, I went to work for the 7th Air Force, the old 7th Air Force, and over the loudspeaker on, I think it was on the 5th, they said, take all your files, put them in the aisle, and if they take Midway, you are to set them a fire. And they didn't take Midway, so we put all our files back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was the best way to keep them secret. All right, Isaiah, go for it. All righty. So I've been reading about how atomic bombs were created for World War II and how one bomb could level an entire city. What was it like for you when you first heard about atomic bombs being created and used? Well, you probably were as surprised as I was. I didn't know anything about the atomic bomb until they dropped it. And uh, truthfully, I don't know anything about the atomic bomb because they did that all on the state side and I was overseas. And so we didn't get privileged to all that, but it was a big bomb. (laughs) All righty. So I'm going to switch topics a bit here. Uh, Miss Theo, I'd love to know more about your perspective over the last hundred years of history. So I've got one more, you know, kind of adult serious question to ask on Pearl Harbor, and then we'll get to some more fun stuff. Okay. But the attack on Pearl Harbor has oftentimes been compared to the attack on the World Trade Center on September 11th. People have said they felt similarly or well, they've done comparison. What do you think? How were they similar or it, different? It, it probably affected us the same way the World Trade Center affected many people because this was our life and, and it was being bombed. And we, of course, didn't, at the time, didn't know whether we were going to be invaded or what. And the World Trade Center... I'm old, but I know I, I, I know where it was, and I've been down there, but I, it must have been terrible because of the big buildings coming down and everything. Do a lot of damage to our cities, which Pearl Harbor, if, if the World Trade Center, had they, people had been ready to invade, we would have been invaded, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've heard people compare things like the number of 
loss of lives or that civilians were intentionally attacked in New York versus military being intentionally attacked. So, so you're right. There are definitely some differences there, but your point earlier about how you felt confusion, how so many people felt confusion afterwards. I think that that's a similarity between the two events I would expect. Yeah. All right. So Evangeline's got another question here for you. Go ahead, Evangeline. Okay. So next year I'll be turning two digits old when I turn 10. What is it like to be three digits old? Old? (laughs) Very, very old. (laughs) I didn't think I would live this long. And uh, I've seen an awful lot in this world. I've I've gone from no telephones to what we have today. I lived out on a, out of the garden. We ate out of our gardens. We were poor. Then the depression, I've lived through a lot. And where were you living when you were growing up? I started to school going in with my father to a four-room schoolhouse where I went to school. There was first and second grade in one room, third and fourth in another room, fifth and sixth in another room, and seventh and eighth in another room, a four-room schoolhouse. My dad would drop me off. School would start at 8.30, and he didn't pick me up to, and was out at 2, and he didn't pick me up till 5 o'clock at night. So I did a lot of wandering around the little schoolhouse. <laughs> and the four-room schoolhouse, it wasn't a two-room schoolhouse. It was a four-room schoolhouse. And then we moved within a block of that school, and I was in the fifth grade when we did that. And... Uh, I had fallen over a platform and broke my back, which nobody knew. They said growing pains. So if anybody ever tells you you, your child has growing pains, hit them in the head because (laughs) you don't have growing pains. You have pains, you have a break or you have something. But you know what? I lived through it all and now I'm 101 and going on 102. Where were you living when you were going to grade school? When I was living, we were living in what they call I don't know where you know where Oroville, California is. Well, out of Oroville, there's a little ta- a little bird called Thermalito. And all it had was orange groves. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a, a two-bedroom house on a corner. We had two lots, which were, we were rich in those days. Mm-hmm. And my dad was electrician at an electrical store. I walked a block to school and a block home. But I'd have to sit down and cry on the way home because my back was hurting so bad. And they'd take Oh, she has growing pain. So don't let anybody ever tell you you have growing pain. (laughs) Okay. When did they figure out you'd broken your back? (laughs) Well, about 50 years later. Wow. Wow. (laughs) They found it. And and then just how many years ago was it I had that back operation? They just made it. I have a little incision now where I would have had a great big long one. Yeah. So about four years ago, I guess. So if you have a backache, make them tell you what it is. <laughs> okay. You're made out of stern stuff there, Theo. That's great. Very good. Okay. So you grew up California, uh, a little Idaho, Great Depression era. Did you have some? Well, we, we moved from Idaho when I was four, I think, and my sister was two. We had a brother 10 years later. Um, we lived in Orville until I was in the eighth grade. And then we, the depression, you know, hit, and we moved to uh, Folsom, California. They still had wooden sidewalks. Uh, I went there for six months, and then we moved to. And you're never going to believe it because it isn't even on the map anymore. And they had proved to me that it wasn't on the map. Merced Falls. 
It's a little tiny nothing town way out of Merced. I rode 64 miles a day on a school bus. Wow. That's a long trip. Yeah. A long trip. Yikes. And they were the old school buses with no windows. They had Isinglass and somebody poked their fist through an Isinglass window and then you'd freeze to death. (laughs) Or you sat on a board across the seats. A 16-year-old senior would drive our buses. Oh, no. (laughs) Imagine it today. Amazing you all lived. Yeah. And then one time we were, they would pull up to the railroad tracks out of out of Merced and open the door and listen to see if there was a train coming and close it. They did that. And just as we crossed the tracks, a train came and hit the back, just the, oh. the back of the school bus, turned us around twice and dumped us upside down in a ditch. Oh, wow. my goodness. Wow. Nobody was hurt except I got a black eye. My sister stepped in it and the, <laughs> the, the driver got a cut. And that's and wow. then wow. they sent a bus out from school. Would they do it today? A bus out from school picked us all up, told us to go to the gym and clean up and go back to class. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Would they do that today? Oh no. They yeah, concussion checks and all that. The, the, the only reason they even sent us home was because people were coming from the from and there was one phone in town at the bill. And I guess every mother that heard about it went to the mail and called. So they, about three o'clock, they put us on another bus and sent us home. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and we're both. It, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. So, yeah. so what are some other memories you have then of the Great Depression era? Things that well, the kids have been reading about it a little bit, but that's the Depression crazy. area. Well, I never went hungry. Uh, we had to move. We moved what three times, and Dad always had a job. It was I guess just my mother made all our clothes. All my clothes were homemade. My brother was born in 1929, so he didn't get in on the worst of it. I'm the only one living out of the three of us. Mm. And then an adopted an adopted daughter. She she also is gone. Mm. You know, everybody took care of everybody else in those days. Yeah. If you were hungry, somebody fed you. Nobody, there was no welfare. There was no money. You worked for what you got. Yeah. And when you're saying people were willing to help you, do you mean neighbors and community members? Oh, yeah. Anybody. We had a, during the Depression, when we still had our home, families, home burnt. I remember standing at the back window and watching it. Everybody went to fight it. And then the next day, every neighbor in the country went down and cleaned up and started to rebuild the house. Hmm. I mean, everybody helped everybody. So you didn't have anything. You didn't have welfares or anything like that. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty crazy. So what's your secret to living so long? Well, you know what? I'm ready to go to meet my maker. (laughs) I've lived through so many things. I've lived through wars and famine and all everything. And I'm tired of living. Mm-hmm. Is that going to help you any? I'm just tired of going from day to day. Yeah, I've heard at some point you you get tired of being the one saying goodbye all the time. What? Uh, you get you get tired of being the person saying goodbye all the time. So my yeah. grand yeah. my grandfather lived into his 90s, and he said he's just so tired of going to funerals because he's saying goodbye all the time to people. And yeah, well, that's him. the way I have been. You know, I. In fact, I've outlived everybody, so everybody's living now, not dying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. That's well, very what's true. Your, what's your favorite expression now? You're going to live till you die? I'm going to live till I die. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. Um, 
We can all we can all say that. That's a good one. All right. So then Evangeline here had another question for you. What do we need to eat a lot of to live as long as you? I am. I don't eat. I, I eat what is put on the table, which was lots of vegetables out of the garden when I was growing up. I eat meat, but I don't eat a lot of it. I don't. I eat fish, but only eat one piece and sometimes not that. And and chocolate. Oh, and I love my chocolate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a piece of chocolate and I won't eat. That's great. Yeah. Speaking of which, I hear you've got a pretty fun birthday present about chocolate. Do you know about it yet or is it a surprise? Okay. Tell me my surprise. So here's your surprise, Theo. So there is a chocolate company in Seattle named Theo's Chocolate. And they heard you were turning, uh, they heard you were 101. So they sent you 101 chocolate bars. You got, I have, I have one of their chocolate bars laying on my table right now. <laughs> well, now you have 101 more. <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> you kidding me? I am not. So when we're all done today on your way out, there's, you'll, you'll see them all stacked up and ready for you. This is up in Seattle. They, they sent them to you from Seattle, yeah, to celebrate your birthday with you. Who did my grandson send them? No, this is so the Theo's Chocolate Company and uh, Becky, who's sitting there with you, was the one who contacted them and organized all that. So she can give you all Becky, the details later. You're going to have to eat some chocolate bars. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't eat 101 chocolate bars if I lived to 201. <laughs> you just have to have a lot of friends come help. That'll be part of the fun. But uh, yeah, that's that's your your advice for living a long life is good, Theo. I love it. At one point, you talked about vanilla ice cream and why that was so special. Can you go back to that one? Well, for years, <coughs> we made our own ice cream. I never had bought an ice cream until, oh, I must have been a, I can't even remember when I had my first bought an ice cream because we always had, even after I was grown and married, we had two electric ones uh, used to we had to wind them up you know and my dad was setting mix ice cream and mother would make the uh, vanilla ice cream so vanilla is what we grew up on but it was homemade yeah it tasted it like frozen good. frozen pudding probably right no we didn't have frozen pudding we had good really made with cream ice cream that's what i mean yeah homemade vanilla ice cream when it's made with the real stuff is is really different than what you get. It's really different than what they tell you that it's homemade or whatever. Yes. I, I didn't even know what skim milk was. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you lived so long, too. All right, so Evelyn Evelyn has another question for you here, Miss yes, Evelyn. What is your favorite food? My favorite food? Yeah. Food. food. Anything. Anything. Anything <laughs> eatable. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's Anything eatable. I, I'm not, I am a very, I was brought up to eat what was put on in front of me and not to question it. So any kind of food is okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not crazy about some foods, but, and I can, and I can, what is this green stuff that you're giving me everyone on now? Kale. Huh? Not kale. Um, the green. Okra. Okra. <laughs> I am so sick of okra. Don't ever put the okra on my plate. <laughs> I don't dislike it, but I don't like it. You're not I mean, going to order it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's terrific. That's terrific. Okay, so then Isaiah has a technology question for you, Theo. All righty. Oh. So what do you ask about the world before there was all this internet and cell phone computer stuff? 
What did he ask me? Can you repeat it, Anne? Sure, I'll try it again. So, so what did you miss about the world before there was internet and cell phones and computers? And then what are you glad about now that we have them? Well, I lived it up and I lived, so I guess, you know, I lived through all those ages. And right now, they, you know what they are? They confuse me. Yeah. They confuse me. I don't like, I open my, I open my, what is it? My cell phone, cell phone or whatever it is and think, well, what do I do with it? What do I poke? If I poke the wrong thing, I get the wrong thing. <laughs> yes, true. Whereas when you had the phone at the mill growing up, you just picked up the receiver, right? Oh, to the operator. On the hanger. And, and when the, the phone that I had during World War II, which I was sitting next to the, I, my desk was next to the runway at Hickam Air Force Base. And the, the phone was, Right now, and so if a plane was taken off or landing, the phone would shake, and I would shake, and <laughs> would answer the phone if I could hear it. Right, and if I'm correct, you don't wear hearing aids, do you, Theo? I have hearing aids that are all plugged in. They are on right now. They're all plugged in at home. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear them. They drive yeah. me crazy. There we uh, go. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say for somebody who is <laughs> next to those flight paths, your hearing is remarkable. Well, they made a lot of noise, those old planes. Yes, they did. Yeah, <laughs> I they really did. I, I, I wasn't there during the new planes. <clears throat> so, but all I know is the old four motor planes. Yeah. All right. So, the Evelyn. B-29s and the, well, the B-29s were the ones that they're running now to move troops on were the last planes that we had that had the four motors, you know, they were the, they were the great. And one time someone said, there's a smaller plane coming out. And I said, a smaller plane than the P-51? And they said, oh yeah. Well, I came to work one morning and in between my hangar where I worked and the hangar that had repaired planes were all these little planes. I mean, little planes. I could walk up and look in them. And I said, I know the planes are little, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I walked into my, and I said, my Lord, what are they going to do with those little planes out there? I said, they're so little, they can't shoot anything. Somebody looked at me and said, they're tow planes to be shot at. Oh. They were tow planes. <laughs> they were practice planes. Yes. That's the reason they were so little. There you go. They, they towed them behind with a long line. That's good training. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you get really small people to fly them. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was no, when I looked at them, there was nothing to fly. I mean, and I, you know, dumb me, I didn't know what it was about. Ball. Monkeys. Well, you never know. They <laughs> monkeys and spaceships. So why not airplanes? That's, you know, it's, all, it's possible. Okay. So Evelyn's got a question for you here. Go for it, Evelyn. Do you have children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren? If so, how many are there? Well, I had one daughter. She had a boy and a girl. Now that she was not my daughter, but I married her father to get her. And she had a boy and a girl. And the the girl, the boy lives here. He has two children. So that makes me two great grandchildren. And the girl has no, she lives in New York and she had, doesn't have any. So I have two grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. So it goes all the way down the line. That's so impressive that you can know who they are. How fun. 
Okay, so I know you've got this birthday party that that you and Becky are going to be planning here in a little bit. So we don't want to keep you too long. But I did want to ask you, you know, while we've got you here, and while you have all these people listening to you from around the world, Theo, who are from all different generations and backgrounds, what message do you want to pass on to them? Or is there anything in particular that you would hope future generations will remember about the last hundred years? Well, the last hundred years, they have developed so many things. It's changed so much. I mean, it it's actually, it was uh, in, when I was growing up, things didn't move fast. You know, we, we didn't move fast. Dad would say, you can go swimming, but he didn't tell us which month we could go swimming. He'd <laughs> say, help with the garden and you can go swimming. He didn't tell us which month. And so things are a lot different than they move so much faster. Mm. They leave me sitting here panting and wondering, you know, what's coming next. I'm ready to, for the next world, to be honest. Yeah. I think we all are. So then it sounds like your message might be to slow down a little bit. Would, was that right or, or no? People move too fast to stay in age, but you know what? They're not 101 years old, so I don't move very fast <laughs> <laughs> or think very good. Well, they may not make it to 101 either because they're moving so fast. Oh, so, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have lived this long, but uh, and I've seen a lot, but I'm ready. Anytime anybody, the Lord wants me, I'll go. That's a great perspective, Theo. I love that. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for being willing to share your story with us and some of your history today. This has been so well, fun. Each one of those are special too. <laughs> you one of these here, sitting here? Yeah, do you, guys want to you. Yeah. do you guys want to say anything to Miss Theo before? Well, I hope you have a great birthday. And Oh, I'm, how can I not have a good birthday? Look where I'm <laughs> And I have a movie suggestion for you. There's 101 Dalmatians if you're interested. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> I I saw that you should I tell you something? That's the last show I have ever been to. The last movie I went to was 101 Delma. That's the last one I saw. Either because it was so good or it was so terrible. <laughs> it was okay at the time. <laughs> they had 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, that's a lot of dogs. All right, Evangeline, I'd say anything else? Thank you so much. This is incredible. That was really fun. Thank you. Thank you, darling. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Theo. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And thanks also here to my fellow hosts in the studio. Uh, It's been our pleasure to have you here today, Theo, if you can't tell. And we're grateful that you shared to us what's most precious, which is your time and your story. So thank you. Well, it's a lot of years, kids. Wait till you live as many years. You can think back on me. (laughs) That they will. Yeah, Yeah, we will. That's good. And thank you, friend, for joining us today. I hope you're walking away from this conversation feeling more equipped to teach the ones you love. See you next time. Thanks for joining Ann Crossman on our podcast, helping you homeschool confidently with help from the experts. You can do this, and we are here to help. We invite you to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date on the latest resources. See you next time.